Welcome to Cultivating Change, Stories of Regenerative Ag, the podcast from SIBO Technologies that digs deep into the transformative power of regenerative farming programs. I'm your host, Billy Kripe. Let's get started. In this podcast, we are talking about building a regenerative business that scales. Good intentions and aspirational carbon and climate commitments are starting points, but achieving those goals takes business savvy and scale. In this fifth part of Breaking Down the Farm Gate, SIBO Technologies CEO Dan Ryan discusses what it takes to build a regenerative business at scale. He's joined by Jamie McKinnon, SVP of Carbon Programs at A New Climate, Jamie Ridgely, Director of Program Development and Carbon Services at Lando Lakes Trutera, and Ryan Finley, Regional Lead Business Development for Carbon Banking at Rabobank. Let's join the conversation. The other side of the complexity coin, we talk a lot about farmers. You, you, your three companies have taken a bit of a leap as well here and really building business units out to go do this work in, in sort of a very rapidly evolving and somewhat unknown market. Uh, presumably, they're all for-profit organizations and they expect you to be that way uh, at some point as well. What are the challenges you face really in trying to develop a profitable business in your in your unit um, over time and how, how do you see that going? I guess, Jamie, you can start if you'd like, Jamie one. Yeah, I think it is the complexity uh, and the nuance in the space. So, you know, just building off the com- conversation on Lociat Grain, um, certainly agree with everything these gentlemen said. And and that's what, you know, we have a lot of interest in Lociat Grain from our um, our retail customers, uh, particularly because most of them are grain buyers and grain, grain aggregators. And it's a market we're really interested in and looking closely out. But it's hard for people to understand at the end of the day, that's that's still, it's a greenhouse gas inventory market. It also has to have verification. It also has like all of the things that, that Jamie just mentioned. Um, it's not going to be as simple as you just put some data and you get a score and you go get a premium for your grain. Um, it's it's not going to be that easy. And so um, I think that, that that's really the challenge is continuing to leverage the excitement and the promise of the market, but keeping it simple enough that we can continue to grow it and bring in growers and actually effectively use it to transition growers into regenerative ag. And so we spend lots of time talking about how do we not let perfect be the enemy of the good, but then we still have to manage the risks because of what, what you said, Dan, like we do have an expectation of, of making money. So, you know, we, we can't just go, um, you know, throwing out money to growers. <laughs> and so how do we create um, really, really solid, rigorous programs, but keep them very simple from a farmer facing standpoint, really focus on an agronomic transition, um, but there is a lot of nuance to balance here. So certainly challenging and you know, back to, I guess, where we started the conversation earlier, it's just learning all of the time. Um, and so, you know, the landscape will look very different even six or 12 months from now than it did today. And I think um, building and managing any business in that level of market uncertainty is just challenging. Um, certainly um, we have, we get up and, and uh, 
get to solve exciting problems every day <laughs> because it's changing. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ryan, you've you've referred to these pilots that you're testing in different regions and really learning from those. And at some point, I guess you also want to get get to a scale or get this to a scale. I know Bravo Bank has made a pretty big commitment in deploying Carbon Bank as a, as an organization. So, what what do you see there? Yeah. Profitability at all ends of the spectrum need to be achieved. And the challenge right now is just scalability. I mean, the number of growers that everyone that Robo anticipated that if, if we look at business cases across the board of different companies that have put those out publicly, the number of growers and the amount of carbon we're sequestering today is, is very small as a percentage based on what people anticipated we would see in 2023. So I think just the the challenge of scalability is there across the board. Likewise, I think one could argue this is tied to it as well. The price of carbon credits. I mean, any farmer that went to a program in 2018, 2019 and saw this hockey stick of the price of carbon credits is going to go through the roof, get involved now. Um, and we're, we haven't seen that response. And people could argue against that. But I, I would say there's there are presentations out there that were shown we would see carbon credits above $100 a ton right now. Well, farmers would love to see that price. But the reality is the the prices haven't responded. And so we have scalability as a question of growers really aren't interested. I personally think that's because they're quite profitable right now. And why am I going to change something if I'm if I'm profitable where I'm at? But also on the other side, we haven't seen that response in the price of carbon. And so those are two, two major issues that I see relative to four or five years ago when we were having this conversation. But it's not going away. This discussion of uh, farmers want to continuously improve. I think that's going to maintain. I think the desire for corporates to reduce their their carbon emissions footprint is going to be there. And so our job, I think collectively, everyone on this uh, on this webinar and collectively within the ag space that is playing in the carbon market arena, our job is to connect the corporate desire to reduce their emissions in growers where they are. And that's a big challenge, but we have to do it and we have to do it in a way that's profitable. And if we, if we, if we can't figure out a way to do it profitable for everyone, for the, for the corporates, for those that are facilitating the connection for the grower, then it's not going to happen. But I, I believe we can, it's just, it's a challenge that we're all faced with right now. Yeah. And I, I just want to just hit on something, Ryan, that you, you said, but just is so important, I think, for all of us to think about is that importance of scale. So um, when we think of cost of goods sold, the, the cost of the data collection is huge. There's just so much overhead in doing this. It's so important, I think, that as an industry and then also as we're innovating together and thinking about this, that we think about how are we going to do this at scale because you develop it, you develop a program very different than you do a project. And the projects are important for learning, but we will never get there with just with projects. And so I think continuing to push ourselves and, and when we have the opportunity to innovate together and you know, pre-competitive industry initiatives, really focusing on that element of scale and um, how are we going to do that? What mechanisms and you know, ways of working with growing, where, where can we leverage those things so that we can start to take this to scale is really going to be key to making this happen. So I appreciate you calling that out. Great, great. Jamie, Jamie McKinnon, the, um, you, you, your, your organization has obviously the most experienced, generally speaking, in carbon 
markets, um, you know, 20 plus years. And as you mentioned, hundreds of millions of tons. But recently you entered the egg carbon market. What caused the decision and what was the optimism for doing so from from uh, I guess it was the combination of blue source and element markets, which which formed a new climate. But what was that decision making process to jump into the agriculture market? Yeah, you know, uh, it was uh, it was a very interesting one. We had seen uh, the different uh, agriculture offset programs uh, come and go in the past. Um, you know, there's AgCert, there's Chicago Climate Exchange, uh, and uh, you know, we we had lived through all of those. Uh, we're not particularly active on the ag side uh, previous to uh, 2020, and uh, I think there was a feeling that the uh, Soil science and soil science uh, and, and soil quantification had um, had improved uh, to a point where, uh, if we designed these programs well and we stuck to the uh, the, the well developed principles of offset protocols that provide credibility, that we we had a a, a massive opportunity uh, in uh, climate smart practices uh, and. Uh, you know, ag was going to really have to play a large role in climate mitigation, and, and this was really the way to do it. So the opportunity is undeniable, and I'm, I'm sure that's why we're all here today. Uh, I think the, the question is, the uncertainty is also uh, uh, certainly was overwhelming uh, in 2020, and gradually it is less and less so. Uh, we are overcoming some of these things. We've gone through verification cycles. We've understood how growers adhere to uh, certain practices and not others, and and we're we're starting to uh, to really um, uh, overcome uh, some of this combined uncertainty uh, in the market. But you know, I think that was the calculus for us. Is we we have a long history of being involved in very early stage opportunities with a lot of ambigu ambiguity and uncertainty, uh, and uh, and we're still finding our way. I think uh, you know, Ryan's point about about learning and education is is, is spot on. Uh, but it, it was that type of a calculus, and, and I would say we are uh, we've had some bumps and bruises, but uh, I think we're we're still feeling um, we're still feeling very upbeat about just being part a large part of the of the future. Thank you for joining us on another inspiring episode of Cultivating Change: Stories of Regenerative Ag. We hope you found today's conversation enlightening and empowering. Remember, regenerative agriculture is not just about cultivating the land. It's about cultivating change. Each one of us has a role to play in restoring the health of our ecosystems and building a more sustainable world. If you enjoyed this episode and want to stay connected, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. We'd love to hear your thoughts, ideas, and any questions you might have. Until next time, keep sowing the seeds of resilience, nurturing our planet, and embracing regenerative practices. Together, we can create a greener, healthier future. This has been Cultivating Change, Stories of Regenerative Act. I'm your host, Billy Crichton. See you next time.